So I uh, want to get into the uh, name change and the 10,000 albums you released last year and future plans and get your opinion on a couple things. But uh, let's start with the uh, the name change from psychosexual to psycho sinner. When, where, how, why did that exactly happen? Was it just kind of a sign of the times or a real changing of the band? It was both, actually. I think that, uh, you know, I had that name for a few years whenever it was just a solo project and it was a different style of music and I just kind of kept it and as this band started happening I just never changed the name and then I realized that hey, you know what this isn't really what we're doing this isn't kind of what we're about that much so, so let's change the name and, and make it with something more in line with what we're doing so that's why we changed the name really. Any lineup changes with the band change name or we still got ever, the band intact from Psychosexual? Oh, no, we're intact. <laughs> Same four dudes. Yep. And kind of curious, but, I mean, maybe it was just a difference of, you know, your prior band having two guitars. Was it by design to only have one guitar in this band? I don't think so. It just kind of ended up that way. It, it seems to just, Sean has that role covered so well that, uh, you know, we just don't need an additional guy. It's a, it's not that kind of band. It's really not a two-guitar attack kind of sound. No twin guitar solo harmonies or anything going on? I mean, maybe he'll throw in a harmony here and there, but it's not really a dual guitar thing. And loving the uh, the new tune, Psycho Sinner and uh, Lady Killer, especially. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, it. Just I found out it just went top ten today at radio. So hopefully we'll have our fifth number one in a row at the secondary market here in a couple weeks. That'll be really nice. And a video coming for uh, Lady Killer. Yeah, any any day it's dropping. Um, we shot it out in the desert before it was, you know, 200 degrees. And uh, so <laughs> it was a, a nice day to actually film that video. We got lucky. <laughs> now, do you go at just any random place in the desert? What time of the day? I mean, is it just kind of, hey, look, there's an empty field. Let's do it there at six in the morning. Talk to me about that shoot for that video. Well, it's, it's basically right behind my house. You just walk down the street and it's there's the <laughs> desert. And we just set our stuff up and recorded like only one person kind of came and watched it, you know, because it was a public place. You couldn't really run anyone off. So it wasn't it was fine. It was a really painless shoot and it was a lot of fun. Kind of guerrilla style. Just run in, do it real quick and get out. Absolutely, because when you ask for permission, that's when it never really is granted. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I found out over the years. What's the old saying? Uh, beg for, for you know, never ask for permission, just beg for forgiveness afterwards. Sure, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Nine albums out last year, man. Are you exhausted? Or are you still continuing to uh, write? Oh no, we're writing all the time. We just finished album eleven, actually, so we're uh, we're we're about to move on to. Our 12th record. <laughs> wow. That's got to be some Guinness Book of World Record the way you're cranking out material here, I think. Well, certainly releasing nine in one day was a record, even though it was unofficial. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that's ever been done before. I don't know if, if it will be reached. Uh, you know, who knows if we're going to have another big pandemic and shut everything down again for so long. <laughs> but that's really the reason why it happened, just because there was nothing to do. You couldn't play anywhere. So it was like, let's just go to work and write and record songs. So that's all we did. And as things open up, are we getting any closer to any sort of touring or show plans or festivals or anything? We're always talking about trying to make it happen, but I would say if if not the end of this year, it'll be early next year before we get out there. Just because there was a lot of, you know, backlog jam up from the pandemic bands finally would get out there. And then there was another one that had to shut everything down. So it's just kind of backlogged and we'll get out there when the time's right and it makes sense, you know, to do this on, on, on a real scale. And are you, do you want to like open or go out and headline from day one? 
it just depends on the, the situation. We would do either if, if it makes sense. But, uh, you know, we'll have to go out there and earn our stripes like every other band. So there'll be a lot of opening, and that's fine with us, you know. Play a short and sweet set, and you just basically throw all your haymakers and, then <laughs> you know, have have your night. I'm going to end up putting spending more time on getting into the uh, Devil Daddy uh, outfit than <laughs> on stage, probably. It's true, yeah. I, that, that name was a name change, too. I'm now called Grim Sinner. Ah, okay. Glad, glad I mentioned that. Yeah. So Grim Sinner, okay. Yep, yep. That Devil Daddy was part of the old stuff, and I just decided it was. It just didn't make sense, you know. Let's just do something that makes more sense. So then, does uh, do the band guys does Crucifer and uh, Astoroth and Volak does that change as well? I love your pronunciations of them. Yeah, um, no, they're they're still the same guys. Yeah, <laughs> I probably butchered all four of the three of them, but. Uh, <laughs> You, you did a little butchering, but that's cool, man. It, it's all open for interpretation. <laughs> well, no, I'd rather I'd rather get it right. I mean, it, especially crucifier, you know, crucifier. Okay, <laughs> crucifier, Astaroth, and Volok. There we go. Important yeah. to get those things right, especially on the radio. <laughs> you know, and and since we don't have any uh, new touring to talk about, I wanted to kind of look back on some old touring, maybe, and and look at the Five Finger Days, and you're being a SoCal, originally in SoCal in the desert now in Vegas, you certainly know where the IE is, where our radio station is in the Inland Empire, and uh, a venue you played a thousand times, Glen Helen Pavilion out oh, there. Yeah. And kind of curious, I mean, you kind of played them all, the OzFest, the Mayhem Fest, the NotFest. Is there any one show at Glen Helen that really stands out to you in, in the memory banks? I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think if we did the Family Values Tour Yep, you did. Stopped at Glen Helen. Yeah, with corn and stone that sour. That was the first. That was the first tour that we did. So family values 07. So I think that might be all the first time we played venues like that. It was like it was so awesome, you know, because you dream of playing. You see bands are growing up, and then finally you're playing it. Yeah, and I wish I wish they would get back to more of those festivals, mentioning the Ozfest and the Mayhem and the Notfest and all that. I feel like those are kind of a thing of the past, and I wish we would get back to them. I know that there's the big, you know, the Rock on the Range and those kind of one-off festivals, but I'm talking more like the traveling, touring festival circuit. It was so fun. It was it was just like a big, you know, family barbecue circus that went from city to city. It was really cool. Yeah, I wish they would get back to that a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Me too. You know, uh, speaking of one other Five Finger thing I wanted to uh, touch upon, really cool tune that you guys did back back in the day, uh, Lift Me Up with the legendary, with the metal god himself, Rob Halford, and got to do that live with him at the Golden Gods Awards. But kind of curious if, if you could take me back to that. Whose idea was it to say, hey, let's throw Rob Halford on this track, and who made the call? Did someone in the band, or is it all management that gets involved with that stuff? But talk to me about that tune. I think it was Ivan's idea to get Rob, and then a management reached out to him, and he was cool enough to do it because he was always a fan of the band. When we toured with Judas Priest in Europe, he was on the side of the stage watching our whole set every night. Like, we would walk after we played with him back to the dressing room area, and we're like, don't you have to get ready? Don't you have the show to do? How come you watch us every night? He's like, I love the band. He's always really cool, you know? <laughs> and then, he, was that the only time you got to perform it live with him? Was that the Golden Gods? Yeah, that was the only time, but I think we pulled it off. I, I remember being a little... You know, you, you just want it to go over well, so you're a little nervous. But I never really get nervous, but I was that night just because we performed with Rob Halford and Rob Zombie the same night, actually. What was the zombie tune you guys did that night? We did Thunder Kid 65 because we were getting ready to tour uh, Mayhem with them that summer. Oh, that's right. I remember being there, and I remember the, the Rob Halford. And speaking of Halford, cool that finally, finally Judas Priest going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
That's excellent, man. Nobody's more deserving than them, I don't think. They they certainly have. They should have been in there years ago, but at least they're they're in now, and I'm really happy for them. I think they definitely deserve it. And if uh, if the opportunity comes up for uh, Five Finger one day, would you be happy to be a part of that? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of my life. I was in it almost 14 years and, uh, you know, wishing nothing but the best. And, of course, I would love to be a part of something like that if it ever came up. But uh, I think that's probably a long shot. <laughs> it's pretty tough to get into that thing, man. I don't know. I mean, with the the success that, that Five Finger has had and continues to have, I, I think it'd be a first ballot, no, no brainer. But then again, who knows? Look how long it took Judas Priest to get in. So you never know. You never know, man. We'll see. That would be really amazing. But, uh, you know, if not, it's still been amazing. So it's all good. Last thing I got for you, man, we're old school station. We do uh, mandatory metallic every night at 10 p.m., which you'll be a part of. Kind of curious, what was the first Metallica tune you learned on the drums? Probably something that I could play off Master of Puppets, like maybe Leper Messiah. That might have been a little easier to tackle than like Battery. That was pretty brutal <laughs> for a young kid. <laughs> I love Lars. I think his drum parts are amazing. His ideas are awesome. So those records blew me away. I was like, whoa, you can do that with your feet? And then I've had to research all the double bass bands in the world after that. Yeah, and Lars gets so much grief, or his uh, colleagues are amazing as well, but he get, always gets so much unjust grief, I think. Yeah, you know, that's that's okay. I mean, he has he doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. But, yeah, I think that uh, he's an amazing talent, and the reason why that band is where they are, man. I mean, he's been the, the glue of that band, I think. And the songwriter and, and the, the voice box for the band. I mean, he's always the guy doing the interviews. It's it's funny, the older I get, the more you learn about it's not just being the best musician, not being the guy that can play the fastest double bass. There's so much more that goes into being a musician in a band. Oh, yeah, and especially like a band of that size. That's an impressive thing that he's done, man. Those guys, have they've, they've killed it, man. It's, uh, they've, they've done it. And uh, I always like to get a tune request from, from my guest for Mandatory Metallica. Would it be Leper Messiah? Or are you feeling anything different? I'd like to have do Damage Incorporated if possible. Oh, okay. Okay. Sticking with Master of Puppets, same album, the last track, Damage Incorporated. Yep. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time, and uh, I hope to see you out there on the road this year and next year. Awesome, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.